0: What's up everyone, this is Pastor Sam, and this is Danny,
1: and together we are exploring the of mark. Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning messages as we explore what the book
0: is trying to teach us. In today's chapter 12, the parable of the tenants, the tax to Caesar. The Sadducees ask about the resurrection, the great command whose son is the Christ, beware of the scribes and the widow offering. We are in it.
1: We are in chapter 12. But before we even get anywhere, happy Easter.
0: Happy Easter. That's right. It's Resurrection
1: Sunday. If you're listening to this right after services today, today was Easter at Delaware Christian Church, among
0: many churches across the world was Easter. Christians all over the world billions millions of them billions 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 yeah. of them uh, Gathered together to celebrate the life death and resurrection of Jesus the forgiveness of our sins that is provided for us and The promise of eternal life How cool is that then that we get to live forever,
1: man, that's that's pretty cool, man. I think um, Sometimes we I want to say this lightly But sometimes we take for granted what Jesus has done for us mm. a day like today Kind of heightens it and kind of helps you refocus and think about, like, man, what he really did.
0: Amen. And and for many people, when you say you live forever, (laughs) many people nowadays, their lives are tiresome, hopeless, full of pain, suffering, full of tears, right? Yeah. Uh, That's not what we are promised, right? That's not... (laughs) what jesus came to do for us he actually came to alleviate all of that to take us out of this evil world yeah to god's marvelous life because we're all going to live forever Amen. every one of us going
1: to live forever it's where forever are you going to spend your eternity mm-hmm. are you going to spend mm-hmm. it in abraham's bosom in the presence of god or the alternative
0: i don't want to think about the alternative no, yeah, people, we have said this on this podcast before, we have said it in many different ways at DCC, if this world, uh, with God's presence, yeah, uh, if in this world, with God's presence, we encounter so many heartbreaking situations um, and moments of pain and suffering, can you imagine a place with the absence of God where there is no good? Because... People ask me the question all the time, why is there evil in the world, Pastor Sam? And I say, whoa, 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 you have <laughs> to ask, the, you are asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. You should be asking, why is there good in the world? Evil is easy to answer. There is evil in the world because you and I are here. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we are the ones who commit the evil of this world. When was the last time you saw, uh, you know, a knife, itself was stabbing someone who doesn't when was the last time you saw a gun shoot somebody just the gun there's the gun walking down the street and it's the gun and it's like oh I'm gonna shoot this one when was the last time you saw uh, the devil comes out of out of the ground I don't know where the devil would come from <laughs> showed up and say hey I'm gonna rape you today when, when was the last time you saw the devil raping someone? When was, when was the last time you saw the devil uh, selling drugs in, in, in the corner of the streets? Yeah, you're right. I think you're leaning on is
1: that we are our own worst enemy when it comes mm-hmm. to the way that we live. And we've, uh, we've been this way since the fall. And, uh, but that's yeah. why we celebrate Easter. That's why we celebrate what God has done for us. New beginning, you talked about grave clothes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no that's longer.
0: There's there good in the world because God is in the world and God is acting through us. We got to leave these grave clothes behind, these sinful behaviors, attitudes uh, that, you know, that keeps uh, us from really moving forward uh, from that forward progress that God has for us. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, we are...
1: In chapter 12 yeah obviously as we we've, we've been doing the last couple chapters chapter 11 and chapter 12
0: kind of bleed in together right? They are, yeah they're <laughs> together if jesus if you thought jesus had enough questions chapter 11 well chapter 12, <laughs> how many questions does it take for you to for people to realize that jesus is much more than what they thought he is right for them they tried they were
1: pulling questions out of everywhere
0: oh yeah trying to trap him left and right yeah
1: and that's what we see happening here right that Jesus comes in. Uh, it's the parable of the tenants, verse one through twelve. Yeah, yeah. and um, Jesus comes in, and it, he, he it starts off talking about how he's talking about a parable. He's teaching, right? And yeah, uh, the question I have, is just to kind of, is who is the them in the in the in the chapter when it says like and he was teaching them.
0: Oh. The, what do you think? You think it's the twelve? I think it's everybody. I mean, the, I, I, the loose, the clothes and the loose farmers of him. I think.
1: And, and I think too, it's it's really the religious leaders, right? It was he was talking to them, because um, it, it just kind of like it starts off that way. So if you pick it up right off, you don't think about it. But it's a continuation of the the one, above. Of the one before. Yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a it's the
0: the Pharisees
1: and, and the scribes, and we'll see here, but. Talk to me about this parable,
0: though. I mean, this parable is a, a parable that was very uh, readily available to them at that time. This is a is a parable that they would know well. This is something that happened often. People uh, would uh, just rent their land, and and then they would come and collect, you know, mm-hmm. the rent. And so this is not this is this was not an odd parable. It was something they were very familiar with. What was odd was how they treated the people. So yeah. it's an engaging story for sure. It was an engaging story for them. Uh, it should be an engaging story for us. And it's designed to disgust the individual who are listening. It was like, it's, it's like in the first century that people would rent a, a land is fine. But mm-hmm. that someone would treat the landowner in that way, that was like, that was just not. Right. that was not not that that he, he, that was like um that was just not I mean it was disgusting to to think in that way so Jesus said that that parable to really catch their attention but of course he was aiming at uh, at the religious leader leaders they knew he was at the end you know they're wanting to kill him but they need arrest him and stuff so uh yeah
1: i mean obviously we know that he's taught in parables before and, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of coming back to this type of storytelling right this teaching because parables was really used more in in mark 4 mm-hmm. and now he taught and now he's using these parables and it, it was it was directed primarily to the religious leaders who had rejected john who were now rejecting him yes right yes yes and it, it speaks both to their rebellion against God and his authority and, and kind of he's using that story with the landowner right mm-hmm. and then this the well, so
0: the idea is that is Israel has been uh, is you know has uh, been given this land they are to be productive and so yeah. the word servant there who should have reminded them of the prophets Right, so uh, throughout the whole Old Testament, the word servant, if you talk Jeremiah 7 21, 25, if you talk about e- e- Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 17, Daniel chapter 6, verse 9, like Amos, they all, all, all of those, uh, you know, the, the prophets, they, they would read when they see the word servant, it's a reminder that, you know that they're talking about prophets so Israel get all these prophets and God was sending prophet after prophet after prophet and you're killing them all uh, and so and it's also the prophetic thing into the life of Jesus who was the final prophet as the son in this story right and he would come and Jesus uh, so Jesus parable reaches back to Israel history uh, mm-hmm. and then even not only reach back but then looks forward to what's going to happen to him What what would be actually his his, his specific situation story in the matter of days so uh, so that parable has that significance uh to the religious leader at the time that once again you had the land the prophet came the servant came uh, yeah uh, but you now the and, sun's here now the sun is here and so you're <clears> killing <throat> you're killing the sun
1: yeah, I think I think if I can take one takeaway from this parable, everything you said is, is is correct and it's tracking, right? I think the biggest thing is that judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Jesus warned them about the coming punishment for their rebellion, mm-hmm. and the good news is that it wasn't too late, right? We 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 get to live in a in a world where we it's not too late for us. The sun is coming again, right? So I think about about that that judgment is coming. And he's warning them about that.
0: Well, and then for the for the religious leader at the time, when Jesus says in verse nine, what would the owner do to the vineyard? How uh, he will come and destroy the tenants yeah. and give them uh, give the vineyard to others. He's really telling the religious leader at the time, listen. You're getting kicked out of your own party. <laughs> somebody else gonna have to is gonna come and join the wine and enjoy the food because you guys you guys put on the party and you gotta kick it out and somebody else gonna take advantage of it. Basically, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's oh, the illustration I want to use there.
1: Yeah, and obviously, just let's just touch on verse eleven and and verse verse ten. Which really is one of the one of the key phrases a lot of people have heard in the church, right? uh-huh. that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We we all know that. Talk to me about the cornerstone because I think um, you had talked about a while like what that looked like, what 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 they would have pictured in the time when he was uh, using this phrasing. Obviously, we know like. He is the main builder, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, the, I, I have said so many things about this. I'm trying to remember what he in myself into. That we all think but, of
1: it as a brick. It's a, it's a big.
0: Uh... But well, it's a boulder that holds. So, like, think about an arch, a door with the arch, right? Those doors were built in from the outside in. So, think about the rainbow. Think about the ends of the rainbow. It yeah. was built from the from the bottom up, and on the middle of it, they'll put this boulder. Uh, that would hold the art together, right? So uh, it's
1: a, so because when we think of like traditional building right here, mm-hmm. people think of cornerstone. They're thinking, oh, it's like a brick it, in the corner. It's like a basement. <laughs> like a, <it's coughs> a brick in the corner, it's like a basement idea. No, like no, everything it, touches this. Yes, this everything, everything touches this. Yes, it's not like the beginning and then you build on top of that. Yeah. Everything touches this. That's what that's what I that's what I'm trying to get there, and that's what I think. We need to really to clear up our mind and thinking about it, is that everything touches jesus he is the uh, cornerstone
0: another thing that i think was interesting here so this peter is dict- you know you know we haven't said this many times so peter is dictating these to mark and and the word for stone here which is the word even is very close to the word son which is the word ben so the rejected stone is the code for the rejected son uh many theologians talks about that so he it's peter looking back and talking about you know the 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 stone that the the builder rejected the sun that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone this was the lord's doing and it's a marvelous thing so uh in a in a playful witness here you know if a, a cold word for servant is prophet the cold word for for stone is the sun Son. and and that plays in that way so i thought that was yeah I always think that's inter- interesting uh, how Peter's looking back and he was talking about that and of course Peter he he talks about that in his own letter first peter chapter 2 verse four, 4 and 8 he talks about Jesus being the cornerstone so it is a it is an important passage for for Peter himself
1: yeah, so that's the first section. The second section is all about taxes. We like taxes, don't Real, you? Yeah, I, I mean, I think today's tax day.
0: Tomorrow's tax. <laughs> Tomorrow is the 15th. Tax yeah. weekend. That's right. Yeah. That's that's crazy. I'm not so sure that these texts really talk about taxes as we have been taught. I think if you want to talk about giving your taxes, paying your taxes, I think, if, or about, you know, our responsibility to be subjective, subjective, subject, subject, subjected to, to, uh, civil, um, civil authorities. I think if that's what these verses are trying, I'm not so sure that that's what these verses are trying to teach us. We use that way. I think if you're going to talk about be subjected to civil authorities, you can use Romans chapter 13, you can use First Peter chapter 2 verse 13. I mean, you have some verses that teaches that. I think here, because of the inscription and what it was written there, it really has to do uh, implying that um, uh, what belongs to Caesar actually belongs to God so everything belongs to god i think that's what jesus was trying to teach you we don't yeah. we don't get that yeah. very much that's that coin of the inscription there would have said tiberius caesar uh, the divine augustus mm-hmm. uh and i think what jesus was trying to say here by saying give it to caesar, caesar was his what is god is god he's trying to remind why is caesar is actually god because god is actually really the divine the one who gives authority to caesar so yeah. Give to God, to God. Everything. Everything belongs, belongs to yeah. God, and I think yeah. that's what Jesus was trying to teach there. Yeah. But most people have, we, we. I have probably I have done this before. I'm sure, and I'm sure you have them too. Done that too. Many pastors have, uh, said you know pay your taxes because Jesus said. It. People, <laughs> well, I'm sure you ought to take. You ought to be, uh, subjected to civil authorities and what they put yeah. to us, which I think. I don't know if you want to get into this, this habit tangent here. A lot of Christians in the last couple of years have rebelled against civil authorities just because they think they're a Christian and they can do that. Mm. I'm not so sure that's a biblical command. I think I think we, we forget that those who are in power are there because God allowed them to be there. Right. And there must be some agreement to God on what he's doing in the world, um, even if it doesn't seem right in our own eyes, or even if you don't agree with what God well, is doing. Well, the
1: idea is that we, we can become the judge, right? God will ultimately be the judge. True. So, so we can't take it upon our own selves to think like we are going to be. The Bible tells us like in a respect the authorities and stuff like that, but we should not think that we can not do it.
0: I always respond this way. You can't respond evil with evil. You gotta respond yeah. evil with good. Yeah, you, you go. So you don't you don't go on whatever. But I don't think we don't want to go very much <laughs> deep into that. But there, there is something there.
1: But the the objective of this right this 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 question this dialogue that Jesus is having is because the Pharisees wants to build this case to trap him essentially. And accuse them so that way they
0: could. Well, there's not only the Pharisees here; there's the Her- two groups. The Herodians is here too. That's right. They're, are they friends? <clears throat> They're, not. They're not. <clears> They're not friends. They're the polar opposite. If I if that's the right word to say. Yeah. So the the Pharisees and the Herodians they they did not they did not like each other. So they make this question together. <clears throat> Look at Jesus bringing <clears throat> enemies together, right? Bring the, them together for. To trap him because they both hated him. So yep. desperate times called to desperate measures, right? To come together mm-hmm. as desperate people in order to destroy this one guy you're you're trying to to trap. So, uh, so yeah, the Pharisees did not like the Roman Empire. Yeah, they would. They did not pay taxes. I I, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, they did, they did not participate in that. Uh, and the Herodians, of course, they they love Rome and did not respect the the, the Pharisees. So, yeah. um, uh, so if Jesus sided with the Pharisees, yeah. and, and, and and said, "Well, yeah, you don't have to pay taxes to Caesar," the Herodians will be there and say, "Hey, we are witness against <laughs> you. You're rebelling against the state." Now, yeah. if the if Jesus says, "Oh, yeah, pay to Caesar," the Pharisees will be like, "Hey." you are again going against god because you just uh gave it to god so it was a perfect trap
1: yeah and it said that they were they marvelled at him because essentially they received some new teaching here right because things that they hadn't considered before meaning that whatever burden of guilt they may have felt for paying taxes they he just re, he just lifted that from them like mm-hmm. hey give to caesar what is caesar rent that to Caesar's that which is caesar
0: Yeah, and so Jesus called them and answered that. So if they thought they had a perfect question coming (laughs) to trap him, well, Jesus had a perfect answer to them. Um, So um, it is an elegant answer. It leaves no opportunity either for the Herodians or to um, Pharisees to... (laughs) I like create any, any accusation of rebellion or bro- blasphemy against him. That was a brilliant response.
1: Yeah, I like how he goes, why put me to the test?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, what do you guys think I'm done? I know how to do it. It's like, yeah. you know, it's uh, that's just funny. I, I don't know if there's uh, much more that we can uh, bring it about, but uh, uh, it's pretty simple. They're just really trying to give Jesus um mm-hmm they're just trying to find opportunities over and over and over again to see Jesus tripping. And this one was a very clever one cause, because of what the question and the two groups that were together. I yeah. Mean, they, were, they were smart. But Jesus, man, the I, I, wisdom here is great.
1: I think one of the things I really like about this is that Jesus thought before he spoke. He he, he thought about before he responded. And I think we can, we can learn from this too as well mm. when people try to catch us in traps and stuff. He first... He first sought to understand the motivation uh. behind why they were asking what they were asking. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, because he knew that once he said whatever he said, he couldn't take those words back, right? Sure. So, no, yeah. So, he needed to, he, he took some time to, to he says, he's, he's you see him process and he goes, why put me to this test? All right, bring me a denarius. It's almost like he's working it out. Like, okay, bring me a denarius. Like, let me take a look at it. And
0: then he kind of. Well, I just show Jesus' intentionality into every conversation, right? He was very intentional here. I I think Jesus' heart broke. Sometimes we read texts like this, and it's like Jesus like pushing them back. <laughs> Maybe we should read this with more compassion. Jesus is being like, you know, guys, man. You know, okay, let's let me let me once again. This is another opportunity to teach. Let, yeah. let, let's try this again. Let's. This is another good opportunity. Well, it's all about earthly
1: things versus spiritual things, right? Sure. And he's showing the value of like, man, you guys are missing the point. You're focused on taxes over here. Mm-hmm. I, I I came to to redeem you, to give you
0: new hope, to give you new life, and you just want what taxes. And and if you're yeah. thinking that Caesar owns something, or or that somebody else owns something, no, it all belongs to God. So you guys are, well, I don't know. Yes, yeah. that's. that's That's what I get there. This is just some... I like what you just said about Jesus thinking and being intentional about it and just answering them accordingly. Um, Yeah. I think Words are important. Sometimes you just throw words out there and just like, you know, maybe you got to use a little bit more wisely. Yeah. So So what about this next story?
1: This next story is funny. So I think it's funny because the Sadducees didn't really believe in the resurrection. They did not. See, that's why they were
0: Sadducee. Oh wow, so <laughs> shocking, oh, I got you. But the <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. The but you know that the Sadducees, they were uh they were n- referred just one time here in the book of Mark. Uh, this is the only reference in the book of Matthew. They were referred to seven times, but in the the book the book of Luke also just once, but in John. They were not mentioned whatsoever, so at this moment in Jewish history, they were the most powerful sect, they had mm. the control over the priesthood. Okay, so you know, the priesthood you think about Aaron, uh, you should you you, you think that their name would be Erozooks or Erozoo Erodeuses or something like that because uh, because it comes in the line of Aaron, but actually, there was one uh priest that was. Uh, highly looked upon his name was Zodok and that's where the names uh, Sadducees came from came from that guy That means the just so they actually uh, Some G- Jewish uh, scholars talked about how they ditched the arrow tradi- the Iranian tradition of the, the tradition from Aaron G- uh, Moses mm-hmm. brother uh, and then picked up on this new guy's tradition and therefore that's what they came from so the people refer to the priests not as sons of Aaron, but as sons of Zodok, Zadok, Zadok, Z A D O K. Yeah, and and that's there's big debates on the Jewish tradition about that. Um, yeah. So, concerning so, that. So specific thing
1: So so back to the question here, where you say like this is an interesting section because just to summarize, eighteen to twenty seven, basically they're asking about, um, if a, if a if a lady has a wife has. And she has seven brothers, right? And they all married her at one point or another, had no offspring. Whose wife would she be in heaven? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking if I'm number seven and I see all the guys die, I'm like, heck no, somebody
0: killed that lady. <laughs> maybe she edit that part. <laughs> or maybe not, I don't know. I just, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, so this story is a made-up story, <clears throat> It's a make-believe yeah. story. Uh, this this uh, the, the I think another important thing about the Sadducees' background, the Sadducees, that is important for people to know is that they they didn't they only read the the Torah, just the five first books of, of mm. the, so they didn't they didn't read or believe that so uh, they were they were heavily uh, the prophets <clears throat> the prophets the prophet the wisdom writing they, they didn't like they didn't believe that that was authoritative mm. they only they only considered the five first books as a scripture and they reject all the other writings so they were there they found no references to angels or resurrection on the torah so they rejected both of them that's why they didn't believe in the torah because they like the torah doesn't talk about that the torah is a book of the law you know it's is genesis uh the first five books uh, yeah, of yeah. the Bible? so um so it just gets so they're like you know we 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 we, we don't find any of these uh beliefs in there it's so we don't participate on it. To me, I think it's an authentic question
1: on their part, right? They're not looking to trap him per se. They're trying to understand. Maybe I'm. That, I sure, mean, sure. If I'm I, I, like, I, I agree with that. Yeah. because of their own belief on yeah. what they hold on to. Yeah, and yeah, they're like, it. here's this guy. He's teaching some things, some authority. We got some movement here. Mm-hmm. Other things that happen. I'm going to ask this question. But that,
0: the Romans chapter 25, I think it's verse five. I think it talks about that. It, it talks about that. That that this specific. Uh, Not this is event, but an event like this one. If the wife of a husband, you know, if the husband died, the wife got to marry the brother. It's because you want the name to continue. So it's all about name protection. It's all about the carrying on of the name. The name can't die. In Israel time, we don't understand that today. People get married today and they don't take on, on the spouse's last name and stuff like that. I like what you're saying
1: on the name, because what came to me, because mm-hmm. when in heaven, there's only one name that's going to matter. Mm-hmm. The name of Jesus. Right. Amen. Yeah. Every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess. So this idea here, as you're leaning into this with the, it's about carrying on the
0: name. Mm-hmm. In heaven there's no carrying on the name, even there, talks or bloodline about, because oh, the yeah. name means <clears throat> bloodline. So it's like the, the deceased person's name gotta keep be carried on, the bloodline gotta yeah. to keep it on. So the guy the brother gotta marry the wife and so on and so yeah. forth. So in heaven that nothing of that matters. None of that there's matters. There's one there's no bloodline, there's a spiritual line. There is no one there's no many names, there is one name. So uh so instead of just like, you know, uh Jesus is just trying to dismantle the whole uh, yeah. assumption of theirs.
1: Yeah, and and his answer too as well goes back because he references things that they would know if they're reading the Torah, sure. right?
0: Abraham. You know? You yeah. know. So Isaac. like the the funny thing is that they're he's like, have you read the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> have you not read the Bible? Like, you know, uh this is just you guys you guys are tripping here for a second.
1: Yeah. Just like the question, he, he shows them that their assumptions were wrong, right? The assumption mm-hmm. is that, their main assumption is that people in heaven will be like Earth, like it is on Earth, like 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 God's gonna create create Earth but create it better, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. what that's what
0: they're thinking, and he says, no no no, no. they will be like angels. It's not it's nothing like that. Is, is, is it here where the the saying the, the American saying that's like when somebody passes away, they're like, oh, there's one more angel in heaven. Is that when it came from? anything? I don't know. He might be onto something there. I don't know, cause like. When they say like you're like, gonna be like angels, people say like oh there's one more angel in heaven. Yeah, maybe one less. Uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just asking because we, we, of we don't uh, know. so this idea here is it is not it is not an idea that you're gonna be an angel. It's just that uh, what is gonna matter to you the most. It is not necessarily your earthly relationships. It is your heavenly relationships.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think that you know, I think that's a that's a that's a mindset that I don't think we all fully grasp. If we're honest with if we're honest with ourselves, like to think about that, because down here the the, the, the biggest thing that we're, we're tethered to is family, right? Our family, yeah. our family, yeah.
0: And um, what, what, what so, uh, sometimes people think that the resurrection is a reanimation or or like a reinventing of you, or something like that. And, and resurrection is a transformation. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a transformation of the individual. So, uh, and one of the things that transforms the human relationships, and, and I think that's what I'm trying to, because that's what you were talking about. I think one of the things that transforms the human relationship, so resurrected men and women will live like angels in, in a relational framework that surpasses supersedes marriage that is beyond marriage i mean it's not that marriage doesn't make sense in heaven it's just that our relationships uh will be transformed to the to the point that uh, what are what matter the most is the is the heavenly relationship not the earthly relationships that we have yeah Uh, i think that's um i I do think like verse 26 of jesus like have you guys read moses like the Bush story? <laughs> yeah, well, he's like, you, you should be familiar with it. <laughs> a, the, that's the only book they read, the first five. And he's like, whoa, have you two read like Moses, you know, the Bush story about yeah. the Bush? How God spoke, saying, I'm the God of Abraham, about the God Isaac, Jacob. He's not a God of the dead, but a God of the living. He's like, God doesn't tie his name to corpses. So, what do you think those guys are doing? You think those guys are dead? They're not dead. They are alive in heaven with God. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to to, to get them yeah. to understand. Like these guys are not dead. These guys are alive. Well, that's the thing because their whole thinking is they don't believe in life after death. No, they
1: don't. Yeah. So so this is this is like right up against he's like what mm-hmm. do you, he, he's like he blew their mind there. He's like <laughs> you think God is a God of death? No, He's a God of the living.
0: Yeah. So you tell them, you're quite wrong. The, he, he's he, the, But uh, it is. Jesus is... <clears throat> the punch is so hard that they're they're they like, What? These guys are still alive? And and so like the, the implication of that Jesus, the statement of Jesus is that these guys are not dead. God doesn't deal with dead people. God deals with people who are alive. And um, so... Uh, they, yeah. they, they they got a little lesson here hopefully yeah. from after this conversation they start reading the the yeah. rest of the Old Testament
1: I think he highlights one their ign- the ignorance mm-hmm. of, of, of the scriptures mm-hmm. and he demonstrates his own divinity mm-hmm. by revealing only what a person only what he can reveal what heaven could be like and, and that's what heaven's gonna be like and I think that's that's what I think he's highlighting here he's like hey you guys you guys missed the boat here on this whole thing that you read
0: you're this miss the boat thing you said. it reminds me it, it feels me like uh, every time i read this i know this is an insult this is insulting these guys but when he says like oh yeah you, you're not reading your bible <laughs> that's an insult to this guy so there's a punch that is hard you you have missed big time the boat and as a sadducees who came from the from the line of Aaron, you know, (laughs) who is a priest and who has a better priest, Zadok, you know, we, we know it better. And, uh, that was a big, big insult. And it was a little bit of attack on Jesus' part in a sense that he says that to them, but.
1: So, man, the questions keep coming. First, it comes with the yeah. politicians, the Pharisees and Herodians. Yeah. Then it comes with the aristocrats, the Sadducees, or the yeah. liberals, if mm-hmm. you can call them that. Mm-hmm. And now here comes the lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> the scribes. <laughs> <Dead>. That's sad. <laughs> <Dead>. Poor Jesus. <laughs> so they ask about the great command. The mm-hmm. great commandment. Mm-hmm. I-, I like how Jesus answers this. He quotes the Shammai. Right? Yeah. yeah. He quotes yeah. the Shammai, which is... A combination of Deuteronomy six, chapter six, verses four and five, and Leviticus nineteen, verse eighteen. Yeah, and um, he just kind of
0: leans two in on most that. important one of the two most important passages in the Old Testament, by the way. Just in case. Oh yeah, the Shema. Yeah, yeah. So uh, where are you going with that? I was just gonna say with with this answer, he summarizes
1: all of the commandment, all of the commandment, without diminishing any, right? Uh, and the scribes they were so impressed. That he repeated it as to make sure he had it right in his own mind. He goes, "Hold on. So you're telling me? I'm, let me repeat it here. Let me make sure I get it." And then Jesus is like, "Oh, you got it. You, you get it. You're getting close. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting close to it." But I, I, I just like how he, how he just continues to anchor back in some of the things that they should have known. That like he's not giving them like new stuff. He's affirming what God is, or what they should have, should should know and should be living by. Uh, that is the whole chapter, exactly. This whole thing. Here. This whole thing it's that's keeps it. anchoring it back. The things that they should know. Yeah. Things that they should know. It warns. It's a warning to
0: us too. It's a warning to us too today. Huh? We laugh about. Have you read the the, the Bush? <laughs> have you read the Bush Sadducees? <laughs> and then many times God is looking at us. It's like, have you read Romans? Have you read the Galatians? Have you read the Gospels? Have you read? How many Christians don't believe in miracles today? Oh, man. There's not many different than when, when, when here, let's go back for a second. When yeah. you say, I don't believe in the resurrection. Oh, okay, that's fine, Sadducees, that's great. Uh, you yeah. know, have you read the Bible? No, okay. And then Christians today. well, I don't believe in, in miracles. Well, that's fine. Have you read the Bible? Oh, oh, I don't believe in forgiveness of sins. Oh, you don't believe your sins? Have you read the Bible? I don't believe I have to forgive anybody. Oh, you have? Oh, don't have to? Oh, have you read the Bible? Oh, I don't believe I got a lot of my enemies. Oh, have you read the Bible? (laughs) You you, you know, in many ways, Jesus sometimes insults us by saying, have you read your Bible? Yeah. Uh, Okay, going back to what you're saying. Yeah, Jesus is always pointing people to God's word because... That is the premises by which it, we should live is. our life,
1: and, and he also affirms people too. Because I, I as I read this, I think that this scribe was sincere. I think so. I think he was sincere in mm-hmm. in trying to obey these these rules. If you want to put like I put air quotes here, rules, mm-hmm. uh, but it really should not be rules. It should just be how we live, right? Mm, I like um, that. He was so close. He was so close, but but not yet in the kingdom right and in order to be in the kingdom he had to realize that he could not be righteous by keeping laws God's laws perfectly but rather needed to, to seek salvation yeah. uh, by faith in the one that God had sent who's the one he was talking to Jesus Christ
0: yeah and and I mean today it's a perfect day to be we're, we we I think we can say that we are recording on Thursday yes today's Maudie Thursday Maudie Thursday Yes. right so uh, we have a silent Wednesday. Silent Wednesday, and then on Tuesday, Jesus is uh, um, creating a havoc in in, yeah. in the world, in the temples and stuff, teachings and doing all crazy. Yep. They just found out that the on Tuesday they found out that the tree was cursed. The cursed tree cursed. is actually dead. Mm-hmm. On Monday, Jesus is on the
1: temple. Wednesday, nothing's recorded about Jesus himself, but we we think that that's when Judas took the opportunity. To go in and meet with the leaders to kind of negotiate the deliverance of Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then obviously Maundy Thursday is, you know, we have the, the yeah supper.
0: The, yeah, so the Maundy Thursday the supper is the the word. I was talking to Jeff Shrine for today, mm-hmm. so he was teaching me a little bit this oh, morning. Oh yeah. Yeah, so he was like, Pastor Sam, do you know what the word Maundy uh, means? No, Jeff means command. Uh, it means command and 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 greater command. So it is it is is which command is this one right here? Love oh. the Lord your God and yeah. love others. As, you know, uh, there's no other command greater than these to love God and love your neighbor. So it's a perfect day to be reading this perfect uh, passage. To reminds us that on Maundy Thursday, the best, the the most important command is the fact that, like uh, like described. Mm-hmm. We ought to ditch our own righteousness, uh, and to love God and to love others. Yeah, you're not far away from the kingdom of God, and I love this 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 um, answer to, from Jesus to the guy. It's like you know, you're not you're close. Well, I, I and that's why I think this guy was kind of sincere because he just is like recognizing,
1: like, listen, you you not you haven't gotten it all the way, you haven't figured it out, but you're getting there, and I think that's how we too as well need to think right like man there's things in our lives that we can't figure out but god's grace and god's mm-hmm. mercy towards us is what gets us there as right? long as we're authentic not that we're just thinking that we can do these things and that and that's the biggest thing here jesus is i think we need to take away from this is you're not
0: keeping rules it's not rules man i like that you know i did not because i was about to tell you it's like well you know what being close is not good enough <laughs> <laughs> You are not far from the kingdom of God. Well, not far is not good enough. You better be in it. But I think you're right on what you just said. Sometimes you're trying on your own own to get to the kingdom of God. And guess what? You can't. You can't. You got to rely on the grace of God. And I think so many times, me as a doer, I like to do stuff. I like to see stuff being accomplished. You know, uh, uh by my own hands by my own efforts yeah. and i think salvation especially for for doers like me uh, uh or maybe even for perfectionists like you you know <laughs> you you want to get it done you gotta do it right so that you make sure to get the right result and god's like well it's just, it's just, <laughs> you get a result but not the right
1: one that's right. <laughs> <Not> for <clears throat> sure all right um
0: Let's move on to the next section. Who whose son, son is, is the Christ? Is, yeah. Whose son is the Christ? I don't know whose son. You know that my favorite passage, is what my one of my favorite biblical passages, just yeah. because the tension is John eight, right? Okay. Where the first sees oh, yeah, the yeah, religious yeah. leader come to Jesus like, uh, Jesus is like your father is the devil, and they're like. Okay, not, uh, we came from Abraham, we are father yeah, of Abraham. Yeah, and we we and know then, our daddy. <laughs> and then, and they're like, we know who our daddy is, Jesus. Who's your daddy? Because as far as we know, who, nobody knows who's up with your mom to got to And Jesus is like mad at them. And yeah. so it's a good exchange. Um, but here, Jesus' lineage goes back to who? King David. David. King David. I think, um,
1: so two things that I want to kind of highlight this, you know, the question, Jesus, he, he just dealt with, with a with a sincere scribe, right, who was at least respectful, if not believing, mm-hmm. and now he rebukes the scribes who use God's word as a way to control people and exalt themselves. This is what religious leaders has done throughout history, mm-hmm. right? First, he shows that that they, like the priests and the Pharisees, were mistaken about understanding of the word. The scribes taught that the Messiah would simply be a human descendant of David. Jesus shows them that David himself, David himself wrote that the Messiah would be divine, Mm -hmm. even referring to him as Lord. Uh, He says, The Lord God said to my Lord Messiah in Psalms 110 verse 1. Mm. And the second thing is he reveals the hypocrisy Mm -hmm. and how they act spiritual, desiring honor for their own spirituality. When in reality, they're cheaters. Uh, they're mm. cheating the elderly of their money and of their homes under the pretext of ministering to them.
0: Yeah, he- you're right. Jesus is just revealing the uh, the fact that revealing to them the fact that they do not understand who the Messiah would do, who who the Messiah was and what the Messiah would do. That so, I mean, this part Jesus is just punching people left. Oh right yeah, this uh, is just he... like they're questioning him, and Jesus is like just just laying on them like you guys don't get it man yeah
1: you're the one he's like you're essentially like you guys are the ones in in the position to be teaching and, and and helping the people understand this stuff but you don't even get it right uh and i think that's dangerous it's very dangerous uh to be he tells them that the condemnation and the punishment for these religious leaders will be so severe because they, they are covered. They are pride. pretending. Yes. Yeah.
0: They are pretending. Like, isn't what verse 38 and 240 says? Like, this yeah. religion thing is just not going to... This religion thing is, is crazy. Like, you don't get what David was saying. You don't understand. I'm revealing to you that you don't understand. But it's not only even a theological thing. It is also a practice thing. Like, your life. The word, you know, to devour widows, ha- houses. I mean... That doesn't just doesn't sound right. There's no, so many bad connotations here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, 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 I do not know exactly. I read a couple of things about it. I don't, do not know exactly what it means, but they're definitely taking advantage of widows. And what kind of advantage that is? Ah, man, there could be sexual advantages. Property. Property oh. advantages. Uh, servanthood, uh, enslaving women to their own—I mean, the list could—I mean, the word "devour" there is a bad word. It's not a good word, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and for pretest, they make long prayers. Then, uh, I, 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 we were just we were just talking about this this week, right? I, I posted on my Facebook a video of uh, <laughs> of a church in Brazil. This is a church in Brazil where uh, the pastor is going down the zip line. Yeah. Down. <laughs> Jesus was coming so slow if he comes any more slower I think I don't know We I don't think we, that Jesus was coming really slow but here's the thing the lady was most people understand in, in America most people didn't understand the fact that the lady was praying and her prayer was a long prayer because mm-hmm. the descending of Jesus took forever she was speaking in tongues which I'm not gonna get into that but it was time just right for the Jesus to come down to earth in the, in, the, in the story. Which reminds me like, which prayer is not a crafting thing to be demonstrated to people. It is what you have said before, the best conversation you can ever have with someone, which is God. But it has to be a conversation that comes, that flows out of your heart. Oh, yeah. From the intimate parts of you to the intimate one who loves and made you.
1: Yeah. Uh, prayers, in other words, prayer is the desire of your heart made known to God, right? Mm, mm, and um, mm. a lot of times, these religious leaders in their prayer, they were not making the desires of their heart known to God. They were they were trying to please other people by saying big words and praying this thing, and and it's under the guise and the pretense of religious, right? They were into this religiosity mm-hmm. mindset, and um, and God, and Jesus is saying, be pleasers of God, not pleasers of
0: people. And, and I think sometimes, <clears throat> and as a pastor, you I'm sure you have heard this many times. People say like, well, I don't want to play pray in front of you, because I do not know what to say. And, I'm, and my first my first response is always like, what? You do not know what to say? Like, why? Because you're comparing the words that you would say to the words of someone else? That, that's a disservice to you and a disservice to God. God doesn't want to hear what, what you think other people would say. God wants to hear what you have to say to your God. And, and so, uh, in, in communal prayers, People would come and just be eloquent. Listen, you know what? I pray in front of people all the time. And I don't and I don't and I don't pre-write my prayers. I don't you know pre you know pre-think my prayers. I pray what's in my heart at that time concerning that which I'm living at that specific moment uh we can't be pretending in prayer we ought to be honest with god about the moment about uh, what is in our minds about what is in our hearts at the moment that we were praying at the moment that we were talking to god uh, there is no pretense before god
1: you no know, and i think that's what he's saying he, he's saying listen the condemnation and punishment for this would be severe mm-hmm. and, and you know he's also warning the disciples too as well um, he's telling them like listen you got to be aware for these people right because Jesus is going to do his thing, he's going to leave, and then they're going to take the gospel. They're going to spread the good news. They're going to mm. spread this throughout the nations. Yeah. And he's giving them the warning, as well. it says, beware of those people who act and pretend, but also check yourself, too. Mm. Don't be like that. Don't become like these religious leaders, because the punishment will be so severe on this, because you are taking the good news that that, that of what Jesus has done, and you're sharing it. Don't pretend to be it. You have to be authentic. I think that's that's what he's doing here. I think it's funny. I didn't ask you this earlier, but uh, where is Jesus teaching?
0: In the, At the temple. temple, yeah, <laughs> in the temple,
1: yeah. <laughs> you would think by now, after all the confrontations he's had, he, he wouldn't be able to step foot in the temple.
0: That's right. <laughs> what well, people wants to hear what he has to say, even if there are punches. Even if I mean, for for a couple of reasons, maybe to gather more information to to kill him. Or maybe because, you know, like the, the scribes, the Pharisees, they want to hear. So they, the mm-hmm. more they heard him, the more uh, ammunition they had to yeah. for blasphemy, for the blasphemy judgment. Uh, but also people wanted to hear because uh, probably they were convicted by the words of Jesus. And that made him, uh, you know, made that made them want to hear him. Um I just feel like there's so many of us in the Christian life today uh, that you know we are just trying to pretend to be Christian by saying the right words, reading the right verses, by posting the right Facebook messages, uh, by uh, <laughs> that's why scripture- the, the the right seats. And you know what Scripture
1: scares me a lot. Mm. Well, not scares me. I I try to. I think about the scripture a lot when he says, he says, away from me, I never knew you. Mm, and people say, mm. hey, look at all that I've done for you, look at all, Jesus is not, he's not concerned with all that you've done for me, he wants to know if you're for your him. Mm. Not what you've done, are you for him? And that's mm. that's important. And I think a lot of times in our culture, we feel like we have to earn it, right? We're still into this, yes, this idea yes, of earning yes, it. Yes. And, 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 I, and, you know, salvation is not, we don't work for our salvation, right? Uh, the things that we do out of what God has done for us is the fruit of our salvation not not so
0: that we can earn that uh, christian is not performance based no and everything in this world is performance based right uh counter culture <laughs> yeah so we're not and and you and talk about not performance based the next the final the oh, final man. passage here <laughs> is about the lack <clears throat> of performance right yeah uh, this one lady she's bringing these two copper coins uh, they say uh the words in the greek here they say that this word the words that they use the, the is a word of the copper that the word they use here is a word for a piece of metal that is so light mm-hmm. it's like feathers if you blow it it would fall from someone's hand oh. uh, how how insignificant what she was giving what so you don't
1: need you don't need a gun to rub anybody back in need a leaf blower <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you had a leaf blower this lady could rob her <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah that's how insignificant her 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 offering was and and Jesus was like highlighting that insignificant offering mm-hmm. for the world Insignificant for the world performance, insignificant for the world view of success, insignificant. But in God's eyes, were the most action you could do, mm-hmm. because in her, in her, in her context, it meant self-sacrifice, giving it all to God, which is the 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 theme of in that I have said it lately here is the, the theme of surrender. Uh, I can't perform, I can't control uh, but I'm in complete dependence of the one who to whom controls belong, uh, mm-hmm. which is God. The one who has the power to not only uh, restore uh, my fortune but to give me a, 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 a prosperous future. And I think that's the, one of the whole point of Mark is to say, you know what, when there is no hope, mm-hmm. you can find hope in Jesus. When there is no provision you can find provision in Jesus when you can't perform God will perform for you and the list goes on and on
1: yeah I think uh, I think what I really like about this passage is that you know Jesus sat and watched mm-hmm. you know he watched mm-hmm. he observed um, he observed because you know at the time there is the uh, uh, the offering receptacles were kind of built into its walls so the r- the rich that they, they went first right so they can give their gifts. And I think the thing I like about this is Jesus not only sees what people give, but he also sees their heart. Mm-hmm. And he sees the heart of the, of, the, of the Pharisees and all the other ones going up first giving. Mm-hmm. And he sees that it's all about what the, how they give is for their own perception. Look at me. Look at what I'm giving. This woman, she would have gone last mm-hmm. likely to give because of mm-hmm. how much she's got to give but he sees our heart and then he compare and he he uses that to teach the disciples a lesson on the attitude mm. the attitude that we're to have when it comes to giving oh yeah. we don't we don't give so others can see how we give we give uh, not not out of our abundance but out of our sacrifice a lot of times it's easy to give out of abundance because it doesn't hurt you but when you have to give out of abundance out of out of out of of sacrificially giving mhm it lets you
0: to be dependent on God. Oh, but I was about to tell you this: when you're sacrificially giving, but you know that God gets your back, it doesn't hurt because you know somehow God is going to make it right. Yeah. You know, but it does. But it does give the lesson to the whole entire world of how much do you trust God with what you have, and I think this. Uh, I have, you know, noticed this, uh, you know, and I have talked about this in, in many ways. You know, when when you give from what you don't have, mm-hmm. God doesn't ask you to give from what you don't have. That's what I'm going Sorry. Yeah. God doesn't ask you to give from what you don't have. He asks you to give from what you do have. Mm-hmm. And if you are too clinging on what you do have, that means you don't have nothing at all. Hmm. Never thought about it that way. That means you have nothing at all because whoever who gives it to you god does so uh, you just never really understood the fact that the God is the one who holds it all so he gave it to you once he can give it twice he can give it through ice and this lady I think she uh, is just unabundantly worshiping yeah. God yeah uh, without thinking of the consequences of yeah. it she was just like God deserves my all. I don't care about the consequences. I'm just gonna do what God deserves. And most of us are not like that. We're more thinking like I'm just gonna do what uh, I believe God deserves, without really thinking about what He Uh wants me to give it to Him. I don't know. I'm just bubbling here now.
1: No, I think uh, I think I think the one thing I like in this passage is you can see Jesus' divinity. And the fact that he sees all things, right? He sees how much the woman's giving. He sees. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that he says, like, she gave all that she had to live on, you know, like he he knows, like this is it, like literally she's coming in and she's giving because this would have been the time, right, the Passover. This is what it's all about, like coming coming to the temple, visiting, and and she's giving. Do you all think that she's crying in
0: here? Do you think? Do you think? What, what do you see this face, this lady's face? Do you see she like struggling to give, or you think she? It's coming joyfully. I think bringing. she's joyfully
1: coming to mm-hmm. give because one she, who knows how much it would have cost for her to get to where she's at and she's like, Man, I'm so excited because she made the past she's here for uh-huh. Passover. Yeah, and um, I'm getting I get to give. I'm she's at so, the temple, God Yeah, says, I'm at the a, temple like I got, what? I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm
0: gonna give God whatever. She I probably have.
1: she probably like do whatever it's like, you yeah. know. Um so I think I, I think I, I like the fact that Jesus sees and, and it makes me think too as well like you know God never doesn't miss anything we we no, we yeah. don't
0: don't think that you're fooling that you can fool a God who knows everything <laughs> no you can't and I think two things you said today that's so so cool first is the words of Jesus and now the observation of Jesus yeah I think those those two things are great he he speaks to us what we need to hear. Yeah. Uh, and he's always watching not because he's a, a people watcher but because he cares Um, so i think that those are important those are those are my highlights for today
1: yeah man that's uh, i think that wraps up chapter 12 for us Um, hopefully you guys enjoy some of the content we talked about here um, chapter 13 is a tricky one
0: 14 there's a lot of good stuff <laughs> over there yeah yeah we're, it's it coming
1: it's coming though it's coming Anything else before we wrap up today, Sam? No, I'm I'm cool. I'm done. Uh, well, Happy Easter. Happy Easter. That's right. Hope you what guys enjoy. You? What do you got? Last thing? No, I think we kind of hit on everything, but I just I just like I just really like how this is a good chapter. This is a this is a great chapter to kind of look in and kind of check your heart. Okay. You know, I think it's a chapter where you gotta you gotta listen, you gotta read this chapter, meditate on this chapter. And just check your heart and, and see see where you're at, you know. In each of these right here, we see that he's talking to different sections at a time. He's talking to the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Scribes. And then at the end, he closes talking about us. He covers he, he, he covers everything. All, everything. But I thank you guys for joining us. As we always say before we sign off, be blessed. Have a great one.